Welcome to Main Menu for the week of September 25th through October 1st, 2015. I'm your host, David Tanner, and thanks for coming and being with us today on Main Menu. It's good to have you back. If you're a returning listener, if you're a new listener, welcome. We are very pleased to have you with us today here on Main Menu, and we hope you learn a lot from today's program. And I think if you're into picking apples, and you know, Fall is a great time to pick apples just about any place in the United States, right? And uh, we're going to talk about picking apples here today on Main Menu. Uh, Larry Turnbull, the director of ACB Radio, and David Woodbridge, a member of the Main Menu staff, are going to be with us today. And they're going to be talking about picking apples and uh, what's all new with Apple. And you're going to hear all about the latest uh, about Apple Watch. You're going to hear about the latest with Apple TV, the latest with all of the apples. And by the time the show's over, maybe you'll know which apples you want to pick this fall. But before we get into that, I wanted to mention a couple of other things to you that are coming up in the near future on Main Menu. Next week, we will have a representative from Hims with us on Main Menu to talk about and demonstrate some of the new features in the latest release of the firmware for all of the models of the BrailleSense. And there are quite a few very exciting and very neat new features that you'll want to know about and hear all about because they really are some super nice things that I think you're going to really like quite a lot. And then week after next, we will have Dan Clark from Freedom Scientific is going to be with us to give us a nice demonstration and a bit of training and demonstration on the new features in JAWS 17. By that point, we'll be within a few weeks of the actual release of JAWS 17, and so we wanted to have Dan on to do another one of his sessions like he did so well for us last fall on JAWS 16, and so Dan has committed to be with us week after next for Main Menu, and so if you are interested in what's going on and what's coming up with JAWS 17, week after next on Main Menu, it's going to be right here, and we're going to have the guy who knows it inside out is already doing all of the training modules for the new JAWS 17, and this will be a fantastic chance for you to learn all about these new features and actually see them in action. So that's just some of the things that are coming up on Main Menu. We have a lot of other things up our sleeve for this fall too to talk about but that's some of the big things that you'll want to know about that's coming up in the next couple of weeks we need to get right into the apple presentation for today you have a great week and we'll see you back here again next week on main menu here at acb radio's main menu we are always looking for feedback from our listeners if you have any feedback about something that you have heard here on Main Menu, suggestions for things you would like to hear on future programs, or if you are able to record a product demonstration or interview for us, please get in contact with us by sending an email to mainmenu at acbradio.org. That's mainmenu at acbradio.org. You can also get in contact with us via Twitter. 
Our Twitter page is at www.twitter.com slash mainmenu, or you can follow at mainmenu with your favorite Twitter client. Finally, all of our contact information, past shows, and more can be found on our website at mainmenu.acbradio.org. Thank you for listening to Main Menu, and we look forward to hearing from you with your thoughts about our program. Hello, I'm Larry Turnbull for ACB Radio's Main Menu, and I'm with David Woodbridge, and we're going to be talking about a lot of stuff that has happened in the Apple Arena over the last uh, couple of weeks. There was a press release that uh, occurred, and several devices are being released over the next month or so, if they haven't been released already, and also iOS 9 is out. So, hello, David. Hi, thanks for having me. Great to have you. So I guess first uh, we'll talk about um, the first thing that I remember coming out in the keynote was another version of the Apple Watch. And I think they got a hold on that one because I think there's a bug that they were working on on that. Is that uh, correct? That's right. And I was frantically refreshing my software update on my Apple Watch for about an hour and a half until I checked on Twitter and somebody said, no, there's been a, a major bug that they came across in Watch OS 2, so Apple wasn't prepared to release it. So whilst iOS 9 came out on the 16th, then Watch OS 2 didn't, and there's been no real uh, waiting time period that anybody said that it'll be out you know, in one week, two weeks. So basically, who knows, it'll get released when Apple uh, decides to release it, I guess. Yeah, so there's really not much we can cover on that point until it's uh, out. But there's a lot of other things that are coming out that uh, we definitely can uh, go over. Uh, next up was the iPad Pro. Now, this really sounded interesting on what they have uh, done with enhancing this device. Yeah, look, it, it did. I, I mean, the main thing, and I guess what most people were saying was that this is aimed at the enterprise market. Of course, anybody can still buy it, but it's primarily aimed at the enterprise market. And of course, it's a 12.9 inch tablet. So it is quite large. Interestingly, it's actually got four speakers built into the chassis. So for people that love their music, and I guess want to be able to listen to their music in a richer soundscape, then you know the quad speakers would come in handy and i guess also for doing presentations in particular then that's actually very very good to have those quad speakers of course the main thing they got all the apple people going aha steve jobs never said he'd have one of these of course was the apple pencil uh, and we said aha it's a stylus well it's actually a lot more sophisticated than just a straight stylus for a general ipad the new iPad Pro has got a new layer of, if you like, touch sensitivity specifically for the Apple Pencil. And that means that when you're designing stroke drawing, you can do much more precise lines. And because it's got pressure sensitivity built into the new digital surface, you can also do shading in. and I've been listening to a few mainstream podcasts and what they've been talking about is that it's very responsive. So if you suddenly change directions when you're drawing, because it does try and predict what you're doing, it will basically catch up with you very quickly. So they were basically saying it really does feel like 
you're drawing directly onto a piece of paper. And of course, it's not going to be out until November. We don't have a release date yet, but it looks very interesting. The other thing that I'm really looking forward to with the iPad Pro, of course, is the smart keyboard that attaches magnetically to the bottom of the iPad Pro. And of course, that takes the power off the iPad Pro as well. And of course, gives you full access to keyboarding. And if you're using VoiceOver, then it's a straight use of VoiceOver, all the keyboard commands, inputs, and so on. And of course, with iOS 9 being run it, you get all the benefits of iOS 9, including that ability to be able to have two apps on the screen at the same time and have the ability to basically cut, copy, and paste between those two apps on the screen. So, you know, taken all together, the new size of the iPad Pro, um, the fact that it's basically got those speakers, the Apple Pencil, the keyboard, iOS 9, and a few other odds and ends, all together, it really makes it into a very exciting product. Yes, absolutely. And what was really interesting is when uh, Microsoft came in and uh, joined forces where we've got some uh, Microsoft uh, apps on the iPad now. Yes, and that was spectacular because they've actually improved Microsoft Word for the iPad or the iPad Pro even before they've done anything with the Surface Pro tablet. So it looks like uh, Microsoft is coming back into the Apple fold a little bit as far as offering support for their products. But I think it's spectacular because, I mean, on the PC, particularly for screen readers, we always say that if you want to get the maximum benefit out of a word processor, it really still is Microsoft Word from Microsoft. Right. So if we use the Microsoft uh, applications on the iPad Pro, uh, how well is that going to work with uh, VoiceOver? It's interesting. Microsoft is definitely making improvements to accessibility in the Microsoft Office suite. So i.e. Outlook, Excel, and Word, I know in particular, and that those accessibility features are always improving. So I'm assuming that we'll have the same or if not more accessibility improvements in Word on the on the iPad Pro. The other thing I always say to people is that the best way to sustain or improve accessibility is to always keep giving feedback about products. So not just feedback to Apple about Apple's overall accessibility, but when you're using you know, your most favorite app or your most productivity app and you really have to keep using it. And of course, as blind or low vision people, we always get a bit nervous when somebody updates an app because the first thing that pops into your mind is, will it maintain accessibility? Will it break it or will there be some fantastic new improvements? And the worst thing we don't want to happen is for the accessibility and functionality to drop off. So if you're using very important apps, and again, Microsoft Word that we're talking about now, always give feedback to Microsoft in an instructive manner and say, look, I really need to do this and uh, this is not quite happening or this is a brilliant feature because it's also okay to give positive feedback as well. Yeah, that's definitely something we need to keep on top of to make sure that the accessibility stays with us. Also, I think uh, Adobe uh, joined the party as well with uh, their suite of apps. They did, and look, I'm not I'm not 100% sure 100% sure on, on Adobe. I actually don't use it, uh, but what they were demonstrating um, certainly sounded extremely good. 
Um, I've only used Adobe as Adobe. My goodness me, Adobe very briefly on the um, on my iPhone, but besides that, I haven't really used it. But I'm really looking forward to hopefully trying it out when the iPad Pro comes along. I'm probably not going to buy an iPad Pro, but I'm certainly going to borrow one and have a good play with it. Yeah, I definitely want to look at one. I don't know if I'll uh, be buying one any time in the near future, but. Uh... Never know. We'll see uh, what comes with that. Is there anything else you want to cover with the iPad Pro before we move on to the next device? Look, I'd say it's it's a brand new product, um, and I guess when you know when, when the iPad first came out, people went, "Oh, look, it's just an oversized iPod or an iPod, sorry, an iPod Touch or an iPhone." With the much bigger screen now, it's not just a bigger iPad. It's not just a bigger iPad. It's a bigger device to allow you to do much more, particularly with the extra screen real estate, uh, the new touch sensitive um, system to actually take advantage of the Apple Pencil. Um, and who knows, hopefully it'll get 3D touch that the iPhone will have now, or the iPhone 6 and the iPhone 6 Plus will have. But you know, this is gonna be the first release of the new iPad range, the iPad Pro. So who knows where it's gonna keep going because Sure enough that Apple always tends to surprise us when they either introduce new products or update existing product lines. Okay, so the next one that I found really exciting, this is going to, I think, change a lot of uh, ways that people do things uh, in cyberspace, and this is the Apple TV. Yes, now this one... <laughs> <laughs> this one got me really, really excited as well. I, I got, I didn't get too excited about the iPad Pro, but this one got me really, really excited. Um, and for people that don't know, the fact that the this will be the fourth generation of the Apple TV, and it's going to be slightly thicker, around about the same sort of you know edge to edge type dimensions, but slightly th a bit thicker. Um, and it's going to have, I guess the first main thing it's going to have is the Siri touch remote control. So you can talk to the remote, i.e. talk to the remote and then which passes it onto the Apple TV. And it's going to have a Siri button. So you can hold down the button and say commands to Siri to navigate the uh, Apple TV interface. So for example, you can say, uh, play a new action movie for me or find Doctor Who. And the nice thing about it is that, from what they were saying in the keynote, it's going to do a universal search. So for me here in Australia, I mainly use Netflix and iTunes. So I could say, uh, play uh, the show's Doctor Who starring David Tennant. And that should search through iTunes and Netflix for me here in Australia. So it's not just one particular category or one app, it's going to have universal search. And of course, speaking of Netflix and so on, it's going to have its own Apple TV app store. So you can actually log in and purchase apps when they become available and actually run them on the Apple TV. And what they were showing in the demonstration was quite a few different things. Uh, they, they showed some games being played with the remote which actually sounds very exciting. And I was reading on the show notes that um, you can play, I believe one of the games said they can support up to four people playing. Then they showed a shopping scenario where 
I believe the service was Gilt, which I don't think we have in Australia, but we may do, um, for shopping online via your Apple TV. Uh, they also showed, you know, looking up the weather with Siri, actually asking Siri what the, the weather was and a few other odds and ends as well. And of course, the first thing that people were asking about, well, will this new Apple TV front end and Siri and also the touch screen on the remote be accessible for blind or low vision? And it's interesting that Apple saw fit, and I think it's a good idea if anything new, because people get a bit worried, that they have actually got an item on the apple.com slash accessibility page concerning tvOS and the fact that it's fully accessible for people that use voiceover. And I also saw on there that they've actually got Zoom, the screen magnifier as well. So yet again, they're expanding the level of accessibility for anybody who's blind or low vision or needs a bit of speech and large print feedback. But I guess for me in particular, I'm really looking forward to be able to talk to my Apple TV to use the touchscreen gestures on the remote uh, and be able to search for content because one of the things that I don't like at the moment is trying to find content on the Apple TV. It's very hard. So having this universal access is going to be fantastic. And of course, for those of us that use Apple Music, you'll be able to listen and enjoy and like, etc. cetera, uh, your Apple Music on the Apple TV as well. Only one thing that I guess that disturbed me a little bit was the fact that the existing Apple TV, the third generation, it actually has a optical out port for playing audio to your amplifier. Uh, well, that's now gone. So all the audio visual is now going out through the HDMI cable. So you will, if you want to do that, I'm assuming that you're probably going to have to buy a different amplifier um, if it doesn't already have it to support the HDMI, both the audio and, and video now, particularly going through your amplifier. It'll still work, of course, if you've got it plugged straight into your TV. But if you're wanting to go and put it through your amp, then you'll need a, probably a different amplifier. In actual fact, when I heard the announcement at the Apple TV um, on the weekend after it, I actually went straight out and bought a new amplifier because my one's about 12 years old. It doesn't; It's only got the optical port. Uh, so I decided to go out and buy a amplifier that has app support for it with the iPhone and has that HDMI input that I can get the audio going through the amplifier through the Apple TV. So I'm ready to go when it becomes available in October. And I'm probably going to get two. I've got one from, I'll have to get one from my boys' playroom where I'm currently sitting. And of course, one of the lounge room, and now I'm thinking about it, maybe even a third one for work. Yeah, that was something that uh, some people were talking about. They had the older receivers, and they weren't uh, sure how they were going to connect those devices. I know I've heard of adapters that would convert HDMI to analog, but um, I've also heard that those do not work very well. So you'd probably be better off getting uh, an amplifier or receiver that will take an HDMI input. That's right, exactly. And that's right. I mean, I've heard lots of negativity about the HDMI to analog converters, so I just thought, well, it's a bit of an excuse to buy a new amplifier. And I wanted to also have an amplifier that supported Bluetooth. It does AirPlay. I mean, I've got AirPlay speakers around my house. So I wanted AirPlay. I wanted to be able to actually use the internet for, you know, things like Spotify and Pandora. So I thought, well, 
you know, a new device needs a new product to support it. So that was a good excuse for me to budget and give a new amplifier anyway. Yeah, perfect. Uh, is there anything else you want to cover with the Apple TV? The other thing I do like, I do like the uh, Siri that you mentioned. Uh, currently, here in the U.S., we have, uh, I'm sure you've heard of them, uh, Comcast uh, Cable. They've got the talking guide where we can navigate the uh, guide on the receiver as well as they have a remote that you can uh, press and hold a button and speak into it and tell it what you want and it will relay that to the receiver and it will search for movies on demand or you can tell it, you know, watch CBS or watch ABC or something like that and it'll jump right to that channel. So this is going to be kind of the same lines, uh, if not better. Um, I think it's really going to be interesting. Okay. I think so. I mean, I'm really looking forward to being able to actually just quickly get access to content because that's what you really want. You don't want to waste time mucking around with the interface. You want to get to content straight away. I also like the fact that the current Apple TV is only 8 gigabytes. The new one is going to have 32 gigs or 64 gigs of flash storage. And I believe in US prices, you're looking at 149 for the 32 gig and one one sorry, 199 for the 64 gig. Uh, and I'm assuming you'd if you're going to start doing things like playing lots of different types of games on it in particular, then the more storage you have in flash storage, the better off you're going to be. Um, I my boys and I tend to watch a lot of streamed movies and TV shows, so that'll also be a benefit. Hopefully I, I won't get the good old you know, buffering screen where you've got to sit there and wait for a couple of minutes sometimes while it has enough buffer in, in the memory to start even playing the video in the first place. Yeah, that uh, that does definitely gets annoying when you're trying to watch or listen to something and it starts cutting in and out because it has to buffer either due to lack of storage or lack of uh, bandwidth coming in on your internet. Indeed. Okay, so I think we've covered everything on the Apple TV, so the... Next to, uh, and probably I think the last device that they uh, mentioned was the iPhone 6S and 6S Plus. So what do we got with these devices? Well, it's interesting with, because the it was interesting that that was left to last. And everybody said that, you know, they did the keynote around the reverse way this time, which was actually very interesting. But with the iPhone 6 and 6S Plus, because it's an S update, physically it basically feels mainly the same as the current iPhone. I shouldn't say current now because, well, it's medium current because the iPhone 6 is not, is not out yet. But anyway, so it's roughly, it feels roughly the same as the iPhone 6 and the iPhone 6 Plus. I believe it actually feels slightly heavier than the current iPhone 6 and iPhone 6 Plus. And a couple of the sort of new outstanding features that they talked about, of course, was the first thing that, or one of the things that got people very worried was a thing called 3D touch. And for people that already have a Apple Watch or have a MacBook that's got force touch in it, 3D touch is basically, if you like, an enhanced version 
of Force Touch that we've currently got on the trackpad on, on the MacBooks and on the Apple Watch. And basically what they said, it comes in two uh, functions. So you've got peak and poke. So the peak one is where you do a slight force touch. So you're pushing down on the glass on the, on the iPhone screen. And that allows you to bring up different options or look at activities without actually having to open up an app. And the poke one, which you can do a, a sort of a deeper force touch on the screen, that will bring up a lot more functionality again for the icon that you're currently sitting on. And through Applebee's, we did have confirmation with Apple that that does indeed work with VoiceOver. So there's no problem about us missing out on the use of that new functionality for, for, for I was going to say force touch again, for 3D touch. It'll definitely work with VoiceOver. It was quite interesting in the keynote that um, the person doing the presentation actually also said force touch. So it's obviously a new way of explaining it. And I guess you know, it's very easy to say force touch over 3D touch, but it looks extremely interesting. Um, again, I'm not upgrading to an iPhone 6S or iPhone 6S Plus. So I've just I've got an iPhone 6 Plus already, and I've got a 128 gig one. So for me, there's no real need to update. I mean, I can play with sort of a general version of Force Touch on my Apple Watch anyway. But 3D Touch certainly has interesting possibilities going forward. So who knows what extra functionality we might have until we really get our hands on it and start playing with it because it really does depend on how app developers will implement 3D touch in their apps. And then of course, how it operates when you're at the home screen on the iPhone, in the notifications area, the control center, you know, the dock down the bottom, all sorts of variants. So we'll see what happens. So that was 3D touch. The other interesting thing that they um, also talked about was the increased camera, uh, which went up to 12 megapixels, which will make it a lot better for photography. And interestingly, the front facing camera, I believe it was previously a 1.8 megapixel camera. It's now got up to five. Um, I think it's five or eight actually. It might be five, but basically you, you'll get better clarity doing FaceTime videos now. So that was also exciting. The battery apparently is slightly smaller um, in the iPhone 6S and 6S Plus. I don't know how that relates to extended um, battery life or not, but hopefully with all the stuff that Apple does inside with software to control hardware, then hopefully it'll either maintain the country current battery level or improve it. And of course, in relation to iOS 9 and the iPhone 6S and 6S Plus, We've also got that new function now, which is the Hey Siri function. And pardon for people that I've just activated their iOS devices. But basically, and this is by choice, you can have Hey Siri on all the time. So you don't have to hold down the home button or you don't have to have your iPhone plugged into power. That Hey Siri function, which I said can be turned on and off, can be live all the time. So as I use that on my Apple Watch, I can just raise my wrists and say the magic words and then give an instruction to Siri, where you can actually do that same function now on the iPhone 6 and iPhone 6 Plus. 
So that's actually quite an interesting thing. And again, I'm probably going to borrow an iPhone 6S and have a play with that. The other one's to do with um, live, uh, sort of the live camera options. I really didn't pay much attention to that. I'm, I'm not a photographer, I'm not into photography, but that's also another interesting thing where it basically takes uh, pre-video, which are still shots, sort of before and after something uh, that you've taken a photo of just to make sure that you actually don't miss anything. So for people that and you know are into photography, that's another benefit. I've got no idea how well that may or may not work with voiceover. Um, and again, we'll have to wait and see. But I guess the main thing to me with the iPhone 6S and the 6S Plus was the the new Hey Siri function and the 3D touch. So that to me, I guess, was the two major improvements to me um, with the new iPhone 6 and 6S Plus. Okay, with that 3D touch, is that going to replace the home button or does the 6S and 6S Plus still have the physical home button uh, on the phone? No, it definitely still has the, it still has the home button. Yep. Um, it's interesting that the um, they've also, you know, kept the home button going in the, uh, you know, back to the Apple TV remote. I mean, that's definitely going to have the home button. So I know people have been speculating over the last couple of years that, you know, Apple's probably going to get eventually rid of the home button. And I don't know if they will or not, but to me, still having a physical button that you can still do things such as, uh, you know, do our triple click for the accessibility shortcut to turn off. Yes, that was, uh, that was going to be my main concern is uh, if we lose voiceover or we want to toggle it on and off, that triple click is quite important. That's right. But again, if you had an iPhone 6 and 6S Plus, I guess you could also say, you know, hey Siri, turn voiceover off or hey Siri, turn voiceover on. Um, that would also be a possibility as well. But you're right. I definitely wouldn't like to use or lose access to a physical button, particularly to turn my accessibility features on and off. I think that'd be a real shame because I know, for example, on the Windows phone, uh, you can, I believe, touch the start button, and I think it's the volume up button, or it might be the power button, to toggle, you know, rate it on and off. The problem with that is that you've got to be able to find the start button, which is just a touch button on the screen, to get into the right spot, be able to do toggle that on and off with Narrator on the Windows Phone system. Very good. Uh, it does uh, sound like it's going to be quite interesting. And uh, lots of new interesting stuff coming out. So um, I guess just to recap, when are these uh, devices going to be released? Yeah, in indeed. So so we know that the Watch OS 2 is, is um, delayed. The iPad Pro um, is out in November and we don't have a definite time. The Apple TV is supposed to be released in October. Uh, and I'm happy to say you know, here in Australia we'll be getting a hands on it as well. Um, the iPhones uh, will be available, I believe, on the 25th of this month. So, of course, they went on pre order uh, this month. Sorry, on, I can't remember when it was released actually. Oh, sorry, pre ordered a week or two ago, depending on when you listen to this uh, audio presentation. Um, but basically, on the 25th of September, 
um, it'll be available. So if you pre-ordered it, then your, your orders will start coming out. It'll also be available in Apple stores as well. So basically it's end of September for the iPhone, October for the new Apple TV and November for the iPad Pro. And fingers crossed, maybe early October for watch OS 2, which I'm really looking forward to because like people are talking about, it's going to give us native app accessibility and functionality on the watch itself. And what I'm really looking forward to is the ability for apps to basically use the built-in speaker and microphone so that if you've got an audio book you want to listen to perhaps or you want to do a voice memo note, you can do it all on the Apple Watch without having to actually go anywhere near your iPhone, for example. So for me, that's going to be really, really exciting. It's going to expand the functionality of the watch to be a lot more independent from the iPhone than it currently is. Yeah, that'll be really great. So that pretty, that covers the hardware. So the last thing we'll talk about is iOS 9, which has recently uh, been released. Everybody's been upgrading all of their iDevices to iOS 9. What, uh, what are the major features uh, out in iOS 9? It's interesting. I, people ask me what's so good about iOS 9, and it's interesting because it's not overall a sort of an absolutely brilliant iOS 9 overall brilliant thing from iOS 8. But when you bring all the things in together, then overall it's really, really exciting. So um, I'll go through a few of the main features that have, have quite impressed me. So, for example, to start off with, we've got some new apps. Um, now, the News app, which is a, the new news aggregator uh, that Apple's just released. It's not available in all countries. However, if you're outside of the United States and you change your region to the United States, then if you restart your phone, you'll get access to the news app. And that's what I've done here in Australia. It was supposed to be available in Australia and it's not. So I changed my region <laughs> and now I've got access to the news app. But you mainly do have to restart the phone to get access to that news app. The other really exciting new app was, of course, the iCloud app. And the iCloud app gives you access to your documents on the iCloud. And you can change them around. You can move them around. You can also open them up in the appropriate app on your iPhone. So it's almost like using Dropbox. Um, it, um, that's one of my most favorite features. And sort of coming off from talking about iCloud, with the Mail app now, you can actually attach a file off cloud storage, wherever it's iCloud, Google Drive, Dropbox. You can actually access those cloud services to attach a file to your outgoing uh, email. So to me, that's really, really exciting. And another really exciting one to do with notes, and I use this when I'm shopping, you can turn a list or you can create a list that has checked checked or unchecked checkboxes in the list. So when I'm going around the um, supermarket with my wife and we're shopping, I can just grab my iPhone out and just check around, check the things that, as we're going around that we've now we've purchased. So that's the Notes app on the, in iOS 9 now, and it's very easy to use. Um, it's not hard to make it into a check or unchecked list box. It's really straightforward to use. So if you're into um, shopping <laughs> or creating lists, then that's an exciting one to use as well. 
Um, I guess for me, the other interesting feature is the low power mode. And that's when where the, if the iPhone gets down to about 20%, or actually gets down to 20%, when the screen pops up and says, you know, 20% of battery remaining, you also have an option or a button that says low power. And if you double tap that, it basically turns the phone into low power mode. It turns quite a few features off. Um, and the phone, they say, will last for roughly another two to three hours. Um, I tried it last night and I think it might last for about an hour and a half to two hours, but that's because I was still doing audio book reading. I just wasn't sitting around, um, you know, using Twitter and I think I was using audio and I think I watched a video or something at the same stage. So, um, but it definitely extends your batch life, which looks very exciting. The spotlight functionality has increased. I remember back in the old iOS 7 days where if you were on the home screen, the first home screen, you could do a, a flick to the left, I think, and that would bring up Spotlight. Well, that's back again. You can do it that way. And, of course, you can also do the existing way with VoiceOver. That's touch an icon on the home screen and that three-finger flick down, and that'll open up Spotlight. And in both versions of Spotlight, depending on if you go and swipe from the home screen or bring it up from the home screen with a three-finger flick down, you can get access to Spotlight, sorry, to Siri suggestions. So Siri will give you some suggestions before you've even typed in anything about what it thinks or what the iPhone thinks you might want to use next, whether it's the, a music app, etc., or in the full Spotlight if you when you flick to it. Uh, from the home screen, you'll also get suggestions on contacts, apps, music, and so on. So the the iPhone is trying to predict what you might want to use because you'll also notice when you lock your phone and unlock it, you'll get a suggestion that sort of sits between the unlock control and the camera on an app that the iPhone thinks you might want to use next. So for example, the one that pops up on my lock screen all the time is Twitter because I'm, I'm constantly using Twitter all the time. Uh, getting back to Siri, of course, we've got the new voices with Siri now. So we've got, uh, for me here in Australia at least, I've got new female and male Australian voices. So you can change the from male to female and get the appropriate uh, type of accent. And you can also use those Siri voices in voiceover. So if you go into settings, general accessibility, voiceover and speech, then when you go through the main voice to add, it'll also come up with the dialects of the different voices that you can also uh, listen to and add. And all the Siri ones will start with the word Siri. So you have Siri, female, Siri, male, and so on. And when you select them, you can use those voices for voiceover. So I, here in Australia, I'm using the enhanced Siri Karen voice. And it's very enhanced. It really does sound like she's extremely a smiley person. Um, and sometimes I just like my synthesizer to be a little bit more less smiley. Um, so I've gone back to the other Karen voice that I was using previously. I was saying to somebody the other day, honestly, if I could still use Eloquence on the iPhone, because it's very responsive, I'd certainly be using Eloquence because 
I know it's very robotic, but it's just a really fast, responsive synthesizer. So, but the newer voices are nice. Yeah, I I agree. The only other thing I've noticed with uh, the Siri male and female voices, at least on the U.S. English language, uh, they tend to chop their words a little bit, especially if you've got the speech rate uh, pretty high. It uh, I've noticed they chop their words a bit. Um, that's that's very true yeah it is and it's i believe i don't normally have my synthesizer running at 100 percent most of the time i believe they've also increased the rate of the synthesizers so the speech rate's a lot faster i don't know if it's because i'm getting old older now that um i seem to be running my speech most of the time at about 85 to 90 percent now i just can't run it at 100 percent anymore yeah i i run mine around 90 to 95 uh, so to speak and the it, uh, you know, I can usually go pretty quick with it. Um, you know, I've used, I've tried them out for a while, but I've gone back to using the Alex voice. Indeed. And look, yeah. another, another really cool feature in um, settings now is that your settings screen has a search feature at the top. So if you're searching for accessibility or you're searching for another thing to do in settings, you can type your search into that field and you can do a search just in settings to find it much faster. So to me, that's a really great handy one. Um, one thing I, I've, I'm just gonna switch back to Siri for a moment. Um, and this is the new training version of Hey Siri now in iOS 9. So what happens with the training tutorial is if you turn the Hey Siri on with the toggle button, you can train it to recognize your voice. So it goes through three examples of you saying a certain phrase. And then I think towards the end, it says um, something like you say, hey, Siri, what's the weather today? And hey, Siri, it's me. Um, it does about four or five of those to get to know your voice. So from then on, anytime anybody tries to use the hey, Siri function, if it's not your voice, they won't respond to it. And I tried this on a few guys at work that I thought had similar voices to me and it didn't activate. So it looks as if the hey Siri function will become a lot safer. Yeah, that would be that would be interesting if you're in a room with a bunch of other people with iPhones with Hey Siri on and you say Hey Siri and you get like 10 of them uh, responding. <laughs> That's exactly right. And look, for, for low vision people, and I keep forgetting this for sighted people as well, the new Apple on-screen keyboard actually now shows lowercase letters. So when when it's not in uppercase, i.e. you haven't pressed the shift key or the caps lock key, you would imagine as a blind person that the keys on the keyboard are lowercase and they've never been that way. They've always been in capitals, regardless of whether the keyboard's in caps or not. So for people with low vision now and people that would like to see the real characters on the keyboard in lowercase, then that's what the keyboard shows. Now, my wife was just updated to iOS 9 today as we do this recording, and her first comment was, it's fantastic now that the real keyboard shows the real letters. And for people that have got literacy issues and so on, that's a really huge benefit. It might sound small, but lots of people have been really irritated by the fact that the default keyboard in iOS shows uppercase. Within the um, notifications today view now, and this is something that I really find happy and uh, very nice about, is the fact that you can not only check your battery level about your iPhone, 
you also get notifications of the Apple Watch battery level as well. So that's in the today view of the notifications. Um, if we want to have a look at spe specific accessibility features to do with iOS 9, because what I've talked about so far is sort of general features of iOS 9. The one feature that a lot of people have been looking forward, particularly when using Bluetooth keyboards, is that you can now tell VoiceOver or instruct VoiceOver to use either the caps lock key or the control option key or both of them as your VA key or your VoiceOver keys. So that's going to be a great benefit to people that really don't want to keep holding down the control and option or they don't like using quick nav with the left and right arrow key. You can just hold down the caps lock key and that's as if you're holding down the control and option keys. And of course the people that use uh, probably more of the fact Windows screen readers, people recognize that that particular functionality has been in screen readers for quite a while on Windows, but it's really great that it's finally come to uh, iOS with VoiceOver. The other really cool thing to do with VoiceOver is an adjustment or a new feature about the double tap timeout. So we all know that when you want to activate an icon in iOS, you do a one finger double tap to activate something. Well, there's a setting now where you can adjust the time period from the first tap to the second tap. So voiceover won't time out. And of course, that's for people that may have a bit of an issue doing the one finger double tap. So again, that's a really great handy feature. Uh, the next feature, which to me is really exciting. I've got a, a friend of mine who's a, a lawyer um, and he's really excited about this next feature. And it's the new selection feature in iOS 9 with voiceover. So before we know that we had to do the open and close pinch to try and select content on the screen. Well, now you can rotate around to the new selection item on the rotor. And in that rotor selection item, you'll have the choice to select by character, word, line, page, and I think also paragraph. So let's say for example, you choose word. So what happens then is that you'll flick to the right will then expand the selection word by word going to the right and if you think oh you have gone a bit too fast or too foot too too much forward in your selection you can do a one finger flick back and that reduces the selection and then of course once you've made your selection on what you wanted to do you then rotate around to the edit field and of course then you could use your copy or cut options in the edit rotor option and then pipe over to where you want to do the text if you've cut, did a, cop, a copy or cut and paste it in. So basically the new selection feature now is on your rotor. You select what you want to actually select by character, word, etc. Flick to the right, expands the selection. Flick to the left, decreases the selection. Once you've done it, use the edit field to then basically cut, copy and paste. It's going to make things a lot easier and I'm, I'm really looking forward to using that. And one feature I stumbled across probably the other day in playing with iOS 9, it's got this new function where if you're using a Bluetooth headset or an AirPlay speaker, there's a new option on the router that pops up when you're doing that called Audio Route. And what Audio Route does is allow you to switch the audio back from, say, the Bluetooth device back to your local speaker. And it's interesting that I found that with the Bluetooth speaker option, it puts both the music and of course voiceover back to your local speaker. So on your iPhone, in this case, for my example, 
where I was on airplane, what I found was that um, the media playing would still be going to the airplay speaker, but I could have voiceover come back to my local speaker. So I'm not too sure if they're currently working that out, but it's uh, the other issue is that you can only go one way. So if you've gone from Bluetooth back to your internal speaker, once you've gone back to your internal speaker, that option's then gone from the rotor. So you can't go back from internal speaker out to Bluetooth, for example. So hopefully they might see that as a bit of a feature request in the future, but it's just one thing to keep in mind of. Um, in regards to Braille, one of the things that's always annoyed people about iOS is when things pop up as a message on the Braille display, it doesn't stay there for very long. We, you can now adjust that message display time to be a lot longer. So, you know, for some people that's going to make a lot of difference um, using Braille displays. Um, and of course, with uh, low vision settings, um, they seem to have added a, a new invert colours option to the vision options in the accessibility settings. And they've also added a new heading now called interactions. And under, un, and under, under uh, the interactions menu, you've got this thing called touch accommodations. And what touch accommodations does is, again, is for people that may have poor physical motor control and have difficulty doing uh, through gesture, for example. So that's actually really interesting to have a play with. For people that use Windows and have some physical motor issues, again, you might remember something called sticky keys. And of course, that's where you can hold down one key and another key, and once the two are headed down, it performs the function. Well, that option will now be available on Bluetooth keyboards. You can do a shake to undo. That will now work across the whole iOS environment. And interestingly, just a minor change in video description, they've actually changed the name from video description back to audio description. And I think that's primarily because I don't think many people knew what video description was. Everybody knows what audio description means. So I think that's why they've actually changed the term back to audio description, because like I said, you know, everybody talks about audio descriptions. So that's probably about the main accessibility features that I've found uh, so far in iOS 9. But as I said, both the main features and the accessibility features by themselves, you'd probably think, yeah, that's not too bad. But taken overall, iOS 9 across the board is a huge improvement, both for functionality and for us, particularly from an accessibility point of view. Yeah, it does really sound like, it, yeah, when you put it all together, it's uh, pretty impressive and I'm sure things will continue to improve as we go down the line with all the feedback that everybody would be submitting through uh, AppleViz and um, we'll just keep going along with that. That's right. And look, I should say in finishing too that there was two major bugs that I know people got a bit worried about, um, particularly on some mailing lists. One of the bugs was that after you've hung up from a phone call, if using voiceover, you can lose speech. That's probably happened to me about five times. And I, I haven't got the, that bug anymore. The other bug that people got a bit excited about too was the fact that uh, whilst you can navigate with a Bluetooth keyboard, you couldn't input anything from a Bluetooth keyboard. 
And again, I had that for probably half a day when I first upgraded to iOS 9. Once I restarted my phone, um, I think twice, that bug has now gone away. So again, if you haven't updated yet, then if you want to, feel free to wait. There's nobody says that you have to update to iOS 9 if you don't want to. Or if you've updated and you are having issues, then again, as with everything, please feel free to email accessibility at apple.com and let them know your bug, how, when it happens, how it happens, and hopefully if you've done a workaround, let them know what the workaround might have been as well. And of course, what device you were running that on, whether it's your, on your iPhone, your iPod Touch or your iPad. Very good. Uh, so for any of the uh, information here, uh, where would people go to get more information on all of this? Uh, would it be Apple Viz? Indeed. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. So the Apple Viz guys have done some yeah. good blogs on um, all the different types of stuff that I've actually talked about, the mainstream stuff and the accessibility stuff. iMore.com. Uh, Renee Ritchie has done a really good review of iOS 9. That's another really good place to, to have a look at. If you want to read more about the Apple TV OS that it's now called, then go to apple.com slash accessibility and you'll see a heading there and a link for tvOS and that'll talk more about how VoiceOver will actually work with the Apple TV interface and of course the Siri stroke touch remote as well. So there's a couple of different places. Probably over the next couple of months I'll be doing quite a few different podcasts on different features to do with iOS 9. Uh, we'll also be doing a definite series on the Apple TV and of course as I did that 34 podcast series with the first uh, 1.0 release of the Apple Watch software, I'll be doing a new series as things become, uh, I guess, as, sorry, as apps become more and more updated, I'll be doing a new series on Watch OS 2 as well for the Apple Watch. And of course my blog site for that one is http colon slash slash david woodbur d-a-v-i-d w-o-o-d-b-r dot pod bean p-o-d-b-e-a-n as in bean dot com or in itunes if you just stick in david woodbridge you'll find my ic podcast as well as my talking tech show from vision australia as well Excellent. Great stuff. And uh, is there anything else you'd like to cover uh, on anything we've talked about or anything we may not have covered that you'd like to get out there? Uh, look, I think we've, we've pretty well covered uh, the Apple Watch, the iPad Pro, the Apple TV, the iPhone, iOS 9. Um, I probably should suggest if people have got any suggestions for further podcasts for me, um, you can always Twitter me on Twitter. And of course, my Twitter handle is at D Woodbridge. That's D-W-O-O-D-B-R-I-D-G-E. Um, but as soon as the uh, iPad Pro becomes available in November, um, I'll probably be doing some podcasts on that, a bit of a physical description. Um, and who knows, uh, it'll be very interesting to see what happens if you try and use the Apple Pencil with the new not the new, but with the handwriting mode in VoiceOver to see if the Apple Pencil responds to the handwriting mode in VoiceOver. So that's what I'm looking forward to to also trying as well when the iPad Pro comes out. 
Yeah, that would uh, be interesting to see how well uh, the um, how accessible the Apple Pencil would be on uh, on the iPad or you know any other device it's used for. It'd be pretty. It, wouldn't it be pretty spectacular if, it, even from a basic point of view, it said, you know, you've just drawn a circle, or you've drawn a triangle, or you've drawn a straight line, or you've done a diagonal uh, stripe on the screen, or the lines become thicker. I mean, it's software controlled, so it's going to be interesting to see how far Apple could even make it accessible. And because I, I never like to say that Apple can't do anything; they can do anything they like. Um, so I would be interested in that because, you know, up until this point, who knew that, you know, using a camera on an iPhone could be accessible? I mean, it tells you when it's in focus. It tells you if you've got a, a small face or a large face in the middle of the screen and all that sort of great stuff. So, you know, if they can do that with a camera, I can't see why they can't do it with the Apple Pencil and the new Surface on the iPad Pro. But I guess we'll wait and see what happens. But I'm definitely looking forward to how it's going to work. Definitely. Well, thanks for being on. We've covered quite a lot here, and we'll definitely be looking forward to the podcasts on more specific uh, features of these devices as well as uh, different parts of uh, OS 9. Uh, that's where we really can have some fun uh, hearing a lot of this in action. Yep, absolutely. It's my pleasure, and I'll certainly make them sure that's available on APC Radio as well. Thank you very much, and uh, this is Larry Turnbull with ACB Radio's Main Menu. We are currently looking for listeners who are willing to review any type of accessible technology for us here on Main Menu. If you are interested in doing a review of a product that you own, or an interview with its vendor, then please contact us and let us know what you're interested in doing. Before you begin to record a segment, it is important to contact us so that we can ensure that it hasn't already been covered on our program. To get in contact with us, please send an email to mainmenu at acbradio.org and let us know what demonstration or interview you would like to do. Once you have completed your recording, please again send an email to mainmenu at acbradio.org and let us know how we might get the file from you and if it will need any further editing. We can get files from you in any method such as SendSpace or Dropbox, any way that works for you. Once we receive your file, we will let you know when it will be aired on Main Menu. Presentations from our listeners are always interesting and well received by the rest of the listeners, so if this interests you, please get in touch with us. Thank you for your interest, and we look forward to hearing from you on the show very soon. to thank you for being with us this week here on Main Menu and hope you'll join us back here again next week on Main Menu. You have a great week and we'll see you soon here on Main Menu.